Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with pitchers throwing fastballs and bartenders giving out last calls. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. I am your captain. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. All right. Adrian, what's going on, my man? Not much, not much. That is a brooding voice you got today. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm feeling a little ill. Feeling Mm. a little ill. But it's coming down. You're not coming up. Yeah, it's coming down. I felt the worst I'm going to feel two days ago. Right, 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 right. Um, I think so, at least. Unless this is, like, one of those secret little dips in illness. Yeah, that they always try and trick you with? Mm-hmm. Um, so, wait, you got it while you were traveling? I assume so, yeah. You got it from those nasty, nasty people in our capital. Yeah, nasty DCites. Those dirty little freaks. Dirty little freaks. I shouldn't have done those things in the basement of Combat Ping Pong. I knew I was gonna get something. <laughs> well, how long has it been since we recorded? Feels like it's been forever. Yeah, what do we even do on this show? Yeah, I had a lot of, not media roundup, but like, things to bring in. This is a podcast where we review Hallmark movies? Is that what we do? During the holiday holiday season, yeah. And like, we make fun of them, but we kind of like, appreciate them in a weird way? Yeah, shout out to those TikTokers who make fun of the tropes in Hallmark movies. They're actually pretty good at it. Uh, is that a thing? That's funny. Yeah, it's always like a busy businesswoman going to a small town in upstate New York where she meets a baker who's a really nice guy, and she's technically uh, uh, engaged to a guy back in the city who's a real bossy, mean guy, whereas this new laid-back guy just makes apple pies all day. I do like that the Hallmark writer saw Sweet Home Alabama once and were like, we could just do that. Over and over again. (laughs) I also like that it puts these uppity women who think that they can lead complex lives with careers mm-hmm. and ambitions of their own in their place. You need a real down-to-earth man, not a sniveling soy city guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the fun things about my dad, is that he's a sucker for a good Hallmark movie during the holidays. <laughs> How many of our exes do you think have gone on to find good good old-fashioned southern men <laughs> from which, whatever town they're from after dating us? How many women do you think we were the soy city guy that they had to get away from? <laughs> <laughs> to Probably find the, all real, the real down-to-earth love of their life. We are a couple city boys. I know. <laughs> and we are soy as hell. Mm-hmm. Collectively, we've gotten so many uh, rodeo hands laid. <laughs> um, Do you actually know any of your, like, uh, your ex's uh, new partners? Do you have any, uh, you know, no fun stories there? Not like they did like a 180 and they went for like a punk rock guy after you. They were like, I need, a, I need a new change. I did hear a story about one of my exes started dating a guy, found out that he was in a long-term relationship already, and then did one of those like big reveals where mm-hmm. she outed him to his uh, <laughs> to his well, girlfriend as having cheated. Mm-hmm. That is fun. I've never been a part of a wild dynamic like that. I've never been in like such a dramatic happening. Was it a successful thing? Like, did it end up good for everybody? Or besides the guy, obviously. 
I don't know. I didn't really like. I heard that that happened. I didn't really, you know, mm. it's an ex. You can't ask too many follow up questions. You can't seem eager for the goss. You just gotta let yeah, the hot yeah. goss come to you. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You find it when you're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're like, ooh, do tell me more, then it's like, oh, come on, man. Just move yeah. on. All I know is, all I know is, her new guy, not treating her right. <laughs> He's just like he doesn't treat you right. I can tell how much it stuck with you that you do the same impression of the person saying it every time I make that joke. <laughs> but I think you were about to do media roundup and I cut you off. Your phone was out. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So many things have happened. Uh, what else do we got? Should I go in reverse chronological order? Um, happy Diwali. Happy World Diabetes Day. Um, to our to our sweet kings. We're in America. It's festival of light speak english oh i'm sorry that's that's my bad <laughs> guy who celebrates diwali but insists that it has to be called festival of light <laughs> all i'm saying is you're in america oh <laughs> uh, i went to the market the other day and they had dragon fruit so i very excitingly cut open into a dragon fruit today it was extra surprising because it was supposed to be red dragon fruit and i was like oh man i want the like the white contrast or whatever with the with the pink uh, uh, skin or whatever, it ended up being a white dragon fruit. And I'll say this, first time trying it, D-tier fruit. Not actually that good. <laughs> it looks so cool. I've had, like, I've never bought a dragon fruit myself. I've only had, like, chunks and smoothies I've bought or, like, dragon fruit flavored things. I've never, yeah, never done what you just described. The thing that people say is that it's supposed to be, like, a cross between a kiwi and a pear. Um, which are both kind of like C tier fruits for me. So when you put them together, D tier fruit, not that great, but I've got two of them. So probably just throw them in some yogurt or something. Let's see what else. Uh, I went, oh, (laughs) that same shopping trip. I was, uh, you know how in the dairy sections of stores, they like stock it from the back where they have like a room and they can like, uh, replenish things from behind. I was, uh, I opened up one of the little refrigerator units and I was looking at this plant-based eggnog. And I was looking at the nutrition facts. Like yeah, you do. I, I love an eggnog. I usually limit myself to one thing per year, which I've actually technically already done. Uh, I might do one more a little bit closer to Christmas. Who knows if in Argentina they have eggnog, but maybe I'll have to bring one with me. I'll tell you what. This is one of those uh, food-based things, rare food-based things we disagree on. I want to like eggnog. I really like it conceptually, oh, but so whenever I, I buy it almost every year and then realize, oh yeah, I don't like eggnog. Why do I keep making this decision? Mm. Do you mix it with anything? No. Oh, a little bourbon and eggnog? Oh, my God. I tried to get Phil into that, and I think he also wasn't a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. But he's also not a big liquor boy. Just apple teenies. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, it was like a plant-based eggnog. It was actually pretty good in terms of carbs. And I was like, oh, I, this is like a sustainable option. I could actually like buy a couple of these throughout the season. Uh, but then I look at the price. And at the place where it's like everything's super on sale, it's $7. And I just I, I said my catchphrase. I was like, fuck me and my big old ass. And that's when I realized that the guy who was stocking uh, the shelves or whatever was there, like right in the unit that I was in stocking stuff. And I did not see him. And so he didn't say anything. Um, you but just yeah, said it I like realized, out loud to yourself. You weren't on the yeah. phone with somebody. No, it's <laughs> okay. just become an, it's become an exclamation in my in my uh, in my in my vernacular, in my way of speaking. <laughs> So anyways, so maybe that's a good story. Maybe that's a better story on his end than it is on my end, but that happened to me uh, the other day. He was like, I was um, propositioned for the first time. Yeah. 
they took it really seriously. They're like, no take backsies. <laughs> Um, the only other weird story that I had is I was at a, a bar grading, as I oftentimes do. Uh, and there's always little stories and things that pop up here and there. But the thing that happened this time, uh, which hasn't happened in a long time, was it was someone's drink order that really took me aback. Where she was explaining to the bartender that what she wanted was two ounces of gin, two ounces of orange juice, and 20 dashes of bitters. 20 dashes of bitters? She was like, oh, it's a classic recipe from, like, the pre-Prohibition era, but, like, no one ever knows about it anymore. And I was like, "That this does not sound like a recipe, brother. Wait, wait, wait. Orange juice, gin, and... 20 dashes of bitters. What sounds like at least, like, an ounce of bitters? <laughs> yeah. It's all about the ratios. It was served up. That's the other thing. It's got to be served up in a coupe glass. And apparently she really knows... Mean? Uh, no ice or anything. Oh, okay. Straight. Yeah, as opposed to being served on the rocks, being served up. Um, and it felt, it, I think she really nailed the amounts because it fit, it was one of those things where like the drink looks scary to pick up and take the first sip of because it's the perfect amount of liquid for that uh-huh. container. So it just, it all felt very calculated. Did uh, you but she ordered two of those. Google this to see if it had a name or if. No, just memorize the recipe. <laughs> What if our audience is all really big fans of this drink that just they come back at us and they're like, y'all are weird. Everybody's been drinking the Schmidley Boop. That's the Schmidley Boop, yeah, that's of course. That's a famous U.S. drink. Those really came back after they were the uh, drink of the summer by the New York Times <laughs> last year. Sometimes it really shows that you guys had foreign parents. That was a, Ooh, that was a classic right true. after we would watch uh, that movie with the kid with the Red Rider that sucks a lot, but American people think it's good. Um, oh, Christmas Story? Yeah, Christmas Story. Our dad would sit us down and teach yeah. us how to make a schmiddly boop. <laughs> this is just the classic piece sense. of Americana. And then we'd watch horrible movies by the original cast of the SNL. Like, uh, Ooh, uh, that resonates. <laughs> that's Never what watched the National Lampoon. Yeah, all the National Lampoon movies. That's what everybody our age's dad made them do during Christmas time. That actually really resonates. I feel like that's what Phil's dad made him do. I think the only one that was similar in that vein that my dad liked was he was a big Blues Brothers fan. Oh, yeah, that is in that vein. That movie does suck. <laughs> it's something yeah, I don't really remember like. it. Yeah. Uh, what's the, the one that always gets me is the one Animal House. Yeah, I never watched it. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen clips. Not funny. I don't know if it's a movie to be watched in clips. I don't think you're giving it a fair shake. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I should go through and check it out. Uh, if the poster is to be believed, it's a whole lot of fun. Chevy Chase and uh, and what's the one where they hold up the dead guy the whole time? Horrifying concept for a movie. Weekend at Bernie's. That's Chevy yeah. Chase. Isn't I didn't it? know that. I, I, I could, could be, be could be could. I don't know. Never watched it. I just like it for the cultural joke. Mm. Although for our generation, it was more of that episode where uh, Drake and Josh have to pretend that Emilio Estevez <laughs> isn't knocked out the entire time during an after party. <laughs> And they just put sunglasses on him and carry him around. <laughs> they just do weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, Paul, you got anything? Um, yeah, I have some media roundup. Uh, Influential by Bad Boy Chiller Crew. Everybody check it oh, out. Oh, yeah. They do I'm about big. like two-thirds of the way through it. Um, and then... Uh, Did you agree with my take about Tokyo? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I did disagree with the take that that's where... Uh, Toyota does kind of sound like Tokyo Drift, but in a good way. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I did disagree with the take that there weren't good songs up to there. Like, I liked uh, Toxic. And I Sliding. did not say that. I did not say that. I just said it was a little one note until that point. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Uh-oh. I do like the songs. And then, uh, oh, two artists who I've never fallen in love with either of their individual projects, but I've liked singles or songs here and there, and I've liked them uh, as featured artists, but um, Meek Mill and Rick Ross, Too Good To Be True. It's uh, both of them at their best. Uh, It's definitely a great album worth listening to. Cool. Completely flew under my radar. Although, I never... I do feel bad recommending this album, because I do agree with rxk nephew that rick ross is a co and we shouldn't yeah give him exposure well i've eaten at wingstop before i put some money in his pockets <laughs> he owns certain wingstops in florida <laughs> he doesn't own the brand oh okay cool all right my hands are clean i can and go then, back to eating wingstop why is rick ross the one group of people that you're willing why is why are you singling him out to boycott hmm? I, I didn't say that. I, I said it's it, it, just it, interesting know? because you're not boycotting North Korea or Saudi Arabia. Almost seems like you specifically uh, have a problem with Rick Ross. If you're going to, I think the, Demi- the, D- the TPRK is. Uh, I think the information we get about them is probably very biased, and I, I think they're probably uh, it's a much more normal place than uh, people make it out to seem. Mm. Also, how would I boycott them? What do they owe in America? <laughs> Wingstop. Oh, North Korea. <laughs> Um, shut up, man. Um, I know it's super trite, and I make fun of people doing this all the time, but, uh, Rick Ross on Birds, the song with Denzel Curry, Fire Song, Rick Ross says, uh, pen a memoir, hope I live to tell it, but never will I tell it that's considered reckless. So, you're just contradicting yourself. What are you doing? (laughs) Either tell it or don't, (laughs) but don't write two bars in a row that contradict each other. So... Does that lead you into your next thing? (laughs) A lot of things are going through my head. Talking about Rick Ross being a CO, uh, Ark's gay nephew and Harry Fraud just announced a collab album. Very excited for that. It's usually considered bad pedagogy to only use acronyms. Correctional officer. Oh, correctional officer. Also talking about Rick Ross being a correctional officer and your thing about his lyrics about, like, he, uh, what was it, Penne? Pen a memoir, hope I live to tell it. Never will I tell it. That's considered reckless. That's considered reckless. Did you just hear in the very immoral and biased and one of the worst trials of all time, folks? No proof. Mm. Against Young Mm -hmm. Thug. The Rico case against Young Thug in Georgia. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Trump fraud case. (laughs) (laughs) Trump Um, also has a Rico charge in Georgia. And so do a lot of good people fighting Cop City. By the way, this Mm -hmm. podcast stands with... uh, with the cop city protesters they also just yeah. got fucking put up god damn the world sucks anyway yeah. young thug they just announced that they're gonna use his uh, lyrics against him so maybe rick ross is right yep. he shouldn't release that memoir certain sets of lyrics are admissible in court against young thug and it's the stupidest fucking can, can have you read through the set of lyrics they're gonna put in court to prove that ysl well, was boy, a gang I leave you dead and call it dedication <laughs> Have you? Um, I watched the Fantano video about it, so I think I, I saw some of them, yeah. Okay, it's like the stupidest, most vague shit ever. It's like, YSL, we doing crimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. really? Like, that's the proof that yeah, YSL yeah. was a gang that Young Sug was leading? Like, fuck Georgia Rico. Yeah. 
Making it illegal to have friends. Making it illegal to have friends. I've said it before and I'll say it again. True words, brother. Do I have any more media roundup? I don't think so. I got my bumper fixed. It looks much better. Oh, nice. The guy actually came through. The guy who hit you and then said, I don't have insurance. Can I just fix it for you? And you said, yeah. And then he put you off on the day that he was supposed to help you fix it with like, oh, I'm busy. Can I do it later? I basically lost my weekend to being on call waiting for this guy to finally hit me up and say I can like I have time to do it now. And it was exactly what you expected. Like I went over to his house. He has a history of doing auto body work. So he had all the tools and he like clearly knew what he was doing. But I was like, honestly, the one reason I'm thinking about not doing this is just having to sit there and watch him do it for like an hour. <laughs> just, I don't I don't like that vibe. And I know that's what the vibe is going to be. And that's what that's that is what it was. Um, but we made a little bit of small talk. He was a nice enough guy. He actually fixed it up pretty well. So all in all, worked out pretty well. Nice. How did he uh, how did he match the color? Um, you no, know, he just undented the bumper. He didn't like put a new uh, one on. Yeah. OK, yeah. He, t- he took it off, fixed it up and then reattached it back on securely, which is basically what I wanted. And the uh, paint hadn't scraped or anything when the bumper got dented? Eh, not any more than in other parts of the car. Nice. I did get to meet his Uncle Buck. Really? His Uncle Buck came out to make sure that we were doing all right. He asked if we needed anything. Uh, and then, so the thing You're is, like, I think if I- like, it is hot out here in this hot Davis <laughs> heat, sir. Could I get a lemonade? <laughs> it's actually pretty chilly. Um, it is mighty chilly. Could I get a hot cocoa? When it co- oh that would be such good vibes like he was puts a blanket on me and a hot cocoa it was the kind of thing where the younger guy I could handle and like that was cool if if Uncle Buck was the one who hit me and I had to spend an hour with him I don't know if I could have done it the one piece of information besides him being nice and offering me stuff uh, if I needed it was he was intensely watching a woman who was walking her dogs on their front lawn. And, like, at a certain point started yelling at her to be like, hey, let's get those dogs out of my lawn or whatever. That ain't no place to poop. And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That is a weirdly aggressive way to talk to your neighbors. (laughs) That's so funny, man. Yeah. She said something. She was like, oh, they're just sniffing. And he was like, don't look at me with that stupid ass face or something like that. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, Uncle Uncle Buck, maybe just go inside. (laughs) People are living different lives than me and you. (laughs) Yeah, dude. That's, uh, I don't know. Anyways. But, yeah. Uh, DC was really fun. I guess I should have done that for me to go round up. Yeah, it seems like you liked it. I've never been... I, I guess I've, I've I've felt, like, okay about it, the times that I visited. One of the nights we were there, we went to this place that we were, like, randomly like, oh, let's get some cocktails. And so we just searched, like, cocktails and picked the spot with the highest reviews, like, within walking distance of us, and went there. And it was this place called Bar Mini, and as we get to the door, we're like, this doesn't feel like a rest... Like, it doesn't feel like a door that people were going in and out of. I noticed the two Michelin star signs on it, and then I'm like, ooh, let's check the menu again, and it's, like, all $100 cocktails. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, like, a bar mini. I guess it's uh, some sort of big deal, so we walked somewhere else. Wait, you can get a Michelin star for doing cocktails now? I guess so, too. Two of them the things. Two of them damn things. God damn, two Michelin. Two Michelin. Michelin. Michelin? I thought you were going to tell the other cocktail story, which I assume happened afterwards. Yeah, then we walked to another place. How about you drinking endangered pricey <laughs> cocktails? Juice. <laughs> That's not true. Adrian making this sound bad. They only they had these like weird cocktail inventions. More concoctions. Concoctions. Uh, potions, really, if anything. Elixirs, if anything. Or uh, oh, what's the thing that Charlie hates? Libations. He hates that word. But they included things like 
powdered shrimp and elk ground tusk. up black rhino tusk <laughs> elk tusk but we did ask if it was vegetarian and he said yeah well it's just shed uh elk tusks so it depends on your morality on that but no no elks were hurt or whatever nice i like how he was like that's a question for your pastor if not for me wait not tusks tusks come out of the mouth what are horns uh um antlers antlers yeah ground antlers i sent you a picture of the weirder cocktails they all included like something funky like that they weren't good which I don't know if I've told Izzy that was my opinion on it. She told me in the restaurant she didn't like them. I always hate saying I dislike something you don't like while in case yeah while I'm there. What if the I've owner's seen- beside you? What if the owner's <laughs> doing an undercover boss and he's your waiter? <laughs> Not that because I feel like if I talk about it while I'm in the restaurant, I'm forcing myself to dislike what comes next. Like I want to try mm. the next cocktail without having verbalized the fact that I dislike the last one, so that I don't. What would you call it? Like I don't know manifest that like oh i think this place is bad so i'm gonna think everything's bad i kind of try to stay positive until i've walked out of a place i don't know why not like some sort of harder fast rule but like just something i feel like i've i've noticed looking back at i am always a little tentative to be like oh i don't like something while i'm there also i think if the other person's enjoying it it probably just bummed them out yeah yeah i agree with that so, not as good as the place by your old uh, apartment that didn't have a menu and just did $15 tell us what you want cocktails? Yeah, no, that place was good. I, I like yeah, that, like that place. Yeah, I like that place. I'll say my only critique of it was, well, actually, it's not even, a, it's a self-critique, is that I gave them too much information to the point that they really only had one cocktail they could make. <laughs> and I want it to be called a Manhattan. <laughs> and I want the first <laughs> letter of it to be M and the last letter of I it think to be N. I'm kind of feeling, I'm feeling grateful, I'm feeling energetic, I'm feeling gin, orange juice, 20 <laughs> dashes of bitters. <laughs> <laughs> 20 dashes of bitters? Okay, I'm Googling this. We can't go through the rest of the episode without <laughs> figuring out what classic cocktail this is. All right, Adrian, do you want to get into the theme? Oh, oh, yes, yes, definitely. Let's do that. I guess there's a lot to cut out from when we were off pod, but uh, yeah, we're, in, we're into this thing. It's the last call for alcohol. Closing time. Open up the doors and let you out into the world. I know who I want to take me home. Yeah, that song's about an abortion, right? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I've listened to the lyrics very closely. Nope, look it up. Or about a miscarriage? Izzy had a good story about this when I told her the theme was uh, Last Call in Closing Time. Uh, she oh, yeah, said... Yeah. She said the first time she heard that song, she hadn't heard it before. It it was at a bar, and she went, oh, this song is really good. And the person had to tell her, it means we have to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good song. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's catchy. Um, um, I do think it's funny for it to be a bittersweet moment like that, for you to be like, ooh, this song is good. Oh, I mean, we got go now. Good. I am hyped to keep partying all night, baby. <laughs> Oh, also, she asked me what the theme was, and I said Last Call, and it resonated with her a lot more emotionally than it resonates with me. Well, a little, little, little bit of a snoop, isn't she? Yeah. She's asking me questions about what we're doing. <laughs> you think she's a spy for another podcast? Mm-hmm. One that has a one-week turnaround. <laughs> we're gonna get scooped. 
Um, no, yeah, what else does she have to say about it? Because I, I talked to Phil um, earlier on the phone, and I got two things from that conversation. One, apparently, last call, I think, to him, seems like a good business decision, because if he hears it, no matter what, he goes to get another drink, even if he knows he doesn't need another one, or it's like only like a third of the way through the one he's currently drinking. He's like, it's my last chance. I got to do it. <laughs> um, the other thing is that he cooked a steak, and I asked him what kind of steak it was, and he said it was a New York strip. And I had to explain to Phil, apparently it was a TIL day for him. Um, today I learned uh, that different cuts of steak come from different parts of the galaxy. He was like, no. oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. No. He was like, <laughs> he's never seen one of those little graphics. With yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I told him. I was like, look up one of those pictures so you can see where things are from. Because he was like, I want to know what the penis meat is. <laughs> I was like, okay, Theophan. <laughs> Sorry, how uncurious is he? He's never been to like a butcher shop where they had that like up on the blackboard or something. Sometimes you hear people talk about like these people like in modern day, they go to the grocery store and they think chicken's just a thing you buy in a package or whatever. They don't know where their food comes from. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. And then Phil's just like, oh, yeah, chicken, that thing that comes in the store are prepackaged, right? Although sometimes when you tell me things about Phil, later Phil goes, no, Adrian completely misinterpreted that. Nope, this so, is true. <laughs> you can we, ask might need to heal. we might need to hear Phil's side of this story. Um, anyways, those are my takeaways from uh, my conversation about our theme. Yeah, I don't have a lot of opinions, but Izzy's was a, a lot more emotional than mine. She was like, oh, yeah, that is such a bittersweet moment. And I was like, is it bittersweet? And she was like, yeah, because you had such a good night, but it's going to come to an end. But you also mm. are reminiscent about what a good time you had. And I was like, that's so sweet and thoughtful compared to like my non-answer for that. And then I started laughing a little. She's like, you're not allowed to say it on pod if you make fun of me. (laughs) I think the only time you make it to closing time is if you're having a good time, right? No one has a bad night and stays until closing. Fair. I mean, there's bars that have early, like breweries have early closing times. I've definitely like been to places where it's like, oh, it's closing time. It's it's 9.50. It's last call. It's like, that doesn't really feel emotional. This will relate to my column a little bit, but that is a thing that I do sometimes where I'll, like, I'll go to a bar in like the last hour that they're open and be like, when are you doing last call or whatever? And they're like, oh, we're going to do it like in an hour and a half or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. You guys don't really follow your hours, I see. <laughs> uh, and I've been to plenty of places that are like, hey, if people are still drinking, we'll, we'll stay open. <laughs> oh, which I guess if you look up the Wikipedia page, which I do sometimes to prep for themes, um, any, any Charlotte uh, last call law? Oh, I haven't checked, no. Oh, okay. In South Carolina, I think it's 2 a.m., but only in specific places, which is, like, where the cities are. Um, I don't know what it is in rural areas, but I think it's earlier. I think also still with, like, Sunday alcohol sales is still a weird thing there. Um, yeah, and in California, I think it's 2 a.m., too. And then I started reading about certain places like Alabama, where you can get special licenses, to, and they have stores that are selling alcohol 24-7, 365. Money stays on my mind. I'll tell you what. Cool. I don't know if I have a lot more to say about last calls. Marshall's sad right now. <laughs> Is he sad right now? She's thinking about her favorite last calls, man. The bit of sweet. We moments. talked about we talked about this, and you didn't have an answer. Uh, but I have one, which is last call go to orders: tall can of PBR and a shot of whiskey. You don't try to do like a loophole where you're you're like you order something that is gonna take them a while so that you can order more <laughs> while you're waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a mint julep. <laughs> uh, 
No, I remember, you know, this is a funny story. Um, at Art Bar, I think, in Columbia, South Carolina, a uh, shot of whiskey and a PBR is called a, the dirt bag is what you can order it as if you want to do it that way. And I remember telling that to a bartender in Sacramento once, and he was like, well, that's mean. And I was like, oh, I think it's affectionate. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. In Charlotte, I've seen a blue and blue, a Paps blue ribbon and a uh, uh, Johnny Walker blue label. Whoa, that's a good shot. That's a fancy boy thing. Blue and blue. I'm getting like a shot of well. Um, And they do have a special for it, too, at the place that we do trivia on Wednesdays. So I came back from ordering at the bar once. Uh, with a tall can of PBR, like an actual can at a bar. And Pierce was just like, all right, well, that's a vibe. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> Everyone else is drinking from a pitcher of glasses, and I just have a tall boy of PBR. Oh, you see, that's what I was talking about earlier. Now, that's a last call hack is get a pitcher. Mm-hmm. It'll mm-hmm. be last call bowl. when I'm finished pouring this out. Come on now. It's been so long since I've ordered a pitcher. The modern world, everybody's such an individual. They want their own drink, you know? Yeah, they're not collectivists anymore. Mm. Everyone wants their own special drink with their dyed hair and their pronouns. Uh, Kitchen closing. Different last call, but a, a separate last call. That one, more so than the drink one, really gets me. Where, like, sometimes I'll be on the fence and I'll be like, ooh, do I want a falafel wrap or do I not want a falafel wrap right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel ya. Or, like, when the good part of their kitchen closes and they're going to move to kind of gross food yeah instead, where they're like oh yeah, wood yeah. fired oven is closing but you can order nachos it's like fuck you okay anything about last calls for drink anything else have a last call is it only food service industry i think so right i mean there are certain things where like i go to the laundromat and it's like all right we're open till 12 last load of laundry can be in there at like 11 30 or whatever um but those uh, you know i'm not fun. going to laundromats i have an in unit Ooh, fancy boy over here doesn't have to go to the lavenderia to see the latina people in town <laughs> I should go there just to get a little closer to the community. That's what I always tell people. If you want to connect with the Latino community in your town, the Lavenderia. You want to do uh, Articunos? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to go first or second? I'll go second. Uh, all right. I'm bringing in a new column. This is from the very aptly named Restaurant Business um, Online. Um and this is from Jonathan Deutsch, PhD. I did not know about that. That's cool. Um, this is from 2014. How to handle guests at closing time. Question. Oh, yeah. And uh, I haven't like really read through this column or even know if they have a lot of questions other than this. But uh, yeah, I have no sense of what their vibe is. Question. I recently had a disagreement with a guest. Our dinner hours are 5 to 11 p.m. A couple came in shortly before 11 p.m. when we had already begun breaking down and asked to be seated. The man insisted that we had to seat them because our published hours show were open until 11 p.m. The woman seemed mostly embarrassed he was so difficult. He left upset. Was he right? Restaurant manager, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Obviously, he was not right. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're a restaurant manager. How have you not come across this question before and very obviously come to the conclusion of no? (laughs) People can't do that. I think... People, because of fast food, confuse open hours with kitchen hours, yeah. like we were talking about earlier. Um, and some places are more uh, explicit about what their like kitchen hours are. Um, but yeah, my most vivid memory with this was working at Tokyo Grill, where uh, it was a slow night. It was like a Tuesday or something. Alberto does all of his closing stuff so he can get out basically right when the uh, clock strikes nine. 
and some kids like teenagers came in and they were like hey can we get food or whatever and i was like oh no we're actually done for the night or whatever and the guy was like hey sign says until 9 p.m it's 8 50 or whatever and i was like i'm not losing my job over this i was like i went to talk to alberto and i was like hey man they fucking want some steak bowls right now and alberto literally went to the back and like punched something <laughs> and, then, and then did the did the thing and did it all did all the closing stuff all over why again. would you guys not say no to these people like who how are you gonna lose your job over it oh man our boss was an asshole he probably would have uh, been really mad about that yeah i don't know losing so a sale good. are you kidding me uh poor alberto yeah i don't know it seems like the type of thing where you should uh side with your employees having happy employees is definitely better than having some random teenagers. Paul, Paul, Paul. The questions at Tokyo Grill are not being answered in this kind of way. <laughs> uh, he did not care for my happiness. Yeah, I feel like also like any logical patron, right? Like the way you navigate the world is like, oh, they close at 11. But yeah, like they probably want you people they want to close at 11 they want people out of there a little bit earlier yeah, yeah. uh i mean that's not to say that i don't sometimes try this but i'm obviously just very respectful when they're like no like if i come into a place 10 minutes before closing i'm like hey are you guys still seating and they're like ah nah it's like oh you just yeah, head yeah. back out and if they say yes you're like oh nice they're that type of place what was the one place that i went to with marshall i think where we didn't see the hours on the door but we walked in where was this? I'm pretty sure it was me and Marshall. We walked into a place. Um, we, the guy is like doing something. He's like closing up because it's past their hours. But instead of just saying, hey, we're closed, he like looks at us like we're dumb, like we should know what's going on. And I, I just remember being really annoyed by that is that like it took a few like it took like a solid 30 seconds for us to be like, oh, you guys are closed <laughs> and then leave instead of him just being like, oh, sorry, we're closed. We, we, we're not serving right now or whatever. And I was like, maybe just say that, like, instead of just letting us like sit at the counter for a second and like be confused about what's going on. Yeah, it's one of those things where there is like a certain type of person online who also like considers themselves a working class hero who's super weird about this, where they're like, I wouldn't even ever look at a business 30 minutes before closing or after. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I don't think it's weird to just go ask either. Like, yeah, there's a healthy world of in between between forcing well, then people talking to, to a person. But, yeah, but between forcing somebody to stay open longer than they want to, and being too afraid to just like nip your head in and be like, "Hey, what, what what's your what, what's y'all's uh, take on this? Is this all right? Can we grab some food?" Mm-hmm. But there are definitely people online who'd be like, "Oh no, you're forcing these employees to work," even though it's like I don't know, it's not really mm-hmm. like that. Seems like people are just weird about like virtue signaling how kind they are to service workers. Now yeah. you can just talk to them and I ask. mean it's one of Phil's red flags, you know, if you want to yeah, date Phil. Fair. If you want to be his lover, you gotta get with service workers. I think it's uh what would I call it? It's it's one of those uh famous Paul complaining about double bluffs thing where it's uh because it's so famously mm. horrible to be rude to service workers, there's definitely people who treat service workers like babies. <laughs> And it's like, no, you can still talk to them. It's all right. You can still like be like, hey, I, I actually wanted honey mustard, not barbecue. Like that's not such a big yeah. deal. Yeah, you know, I um, this is one of my things where I don't actually know if it's the correct terminology, but a lot of times when I go into a place that has like a nine p.m. closing time, I will ask them like, is that a hard close or is that like a soft close? Yeah. Like exactly, uh, like just and talk they'll to usually people, ask they'll the understand question. the question. Yeah. 
like the cafe that I go to in Woodland, I know for sure that's a hard close. Like they are wrapping up things. They are mopping for like mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes. They are getting you out of there. Whereas other places, like I've said before, they're like, if, if people still have drinks, then we're still open or whatever. And always tip well, no matter what. Always tip well, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. How do you feel about when you're at a convenience store or like a Walmart or like a Target where they do the like, attention customers, the store is closing in 15 minutes. Please make your final selections and come up to the front of the store. Mm-hmm. Those things stress me out. Really? I get it, but it does stress me out where even if I'm in there for like two things, I'm like, oh God, I got to go fast. I got to go Sonic. Oh, it does kind of remind me of uh, being in D.C., like, museum closing times are the same sort of vibe. Uh, And then there's, like, these curators walking around, and you can tell they're exasperated because every day they have to, if they don't sweep everybody out, there's going to be people trying to, like, sneak in ten extra minutes of... Of looking at the Mona Lisa? That is famously in D.C. Mm -hmm. Right next to Abraham Lincoln's hat head. Hat head? Hat hat head. His famous hat head. (laughs) That's true. That was the head he used for his hat. <laughs> it was his favorite hat head. But yeah, as far as the uh, the loudspeaker announcement that it's closing time, you got to get out. I, I see what you're saying about it being a little stressful. It does feel like, oh, come on. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, going back to the whole Trader Joe's ethos is like they would never do an announcement to say like we're closing like it's. Maybe they did, actually, now that I think about it. But I remember there was one time where there was this old-ass lady, and she came in late. Uh, my friend Isaiah was helping her shop, because basically it meant he didn't have to do any closing duties. He could, like, walk around with her and help her shop. And literally, like, we were bringing pallets out. We were, like, bringing, like, full things of boxes out. It was technically past closing, and she was there for, like, 45 minutes into us closing and, like, stocking stuff, just walking around with Isaiah shopping still. And I was like, it's such a Trader Joe's thing to be like, hey, you know, the customer's always right. (laughs) If she wants to shop until 1045, that's her prerogative. Mm, I thought Trader Joe's closed at 945. Damn. No, it closes at 9. 8 to 9 every day. But, uh, yeah, yeah, um... Any Anything else about this specific uh, question? How do you feel about the woman who's upset with her husband being aggro? Oh, yeah, that's a funny vibe when, when you can tell. Is that what you're worried about with Izzy, about you being confrontational in public? Yeah, kind of. Oh, do you want to hear the story of me being confrontational in public? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I was parking. I was all alone, and I was uh, in a parking spot pulling out, and the car pulls and another car it starts pulling into the spot next to me so i stop backing out i think he's done pulling in so i start backing out more it turns out he was kind of just like gonna pull back out and realign mm. pull into the spot next to me so i so i get a honk i stop moving let him finish parking then mm-hmm. uh as i'm pulling out he flips me the bird uh, ooh so then I'm looking out, and as just I just for uh, our people listening at home, he ain't talking KFC. He's talking about the middle <laughs> finger. As I finish part, as I finish like pulling out and about to leave, I see that a girl gets out of the car with him, and it was like we were at a uh, consignment store, and it kind of looked like I don't know. They looked about the same age. Something about them just I was like they're on a date, and I'm like oh if I say something to him, and then he has to say something back. That's going to ruin their fun day out. <laughs> and he flipped me the bird. So I opened my window and I'm like, why don't you fix your attitude? 
and he starts Ooh. yelling at me. He's like, then why don't you fucking learn how to drive and shit? And the girl does look embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, that 100% worked. And I drive away. What a what a chaos gremlin Paul is. <laughs> if you get him on the wrong day. I was like, let me ruin this fun little day out thrifting for them. If he's going to flip me off, let me put a bad vibe uh, in the damn. air for them, him and this girl. Um, and it worked. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. Flip me off. Hey. Good instincts. I'm okay with that. I was right. How? Why don't you fix your attitude? Really set him off. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a that's not a super aggro one. You picked a good one. You picked a good like middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah, already yeah. flipped me off when before that I hadn't realized that I pissed him off. You know, like it was like, oh, this is just a normal like kind of like. You know, like, uh, I'm taking a right, uh, I'm taking a left, like, both of us just, like, not really knowing quite where the other person's going situation. I didn't think it was a big deal to flip me off. I was like, oh, he's angry at me? I didn't realize, like, either of us was at fault or having driven badly right now. Like, what is he angry at me about? I was like, oh, fuck him. And how did Izzy feel about all this? She wasn't in the car. I did tell her about it, and she was like, Paul, you gotta stop getting in arguments with people in public. I was like, but this one was fun. Yeah, I think that one, I think that one's kind of like when Phil was trying to say that he was like, "No, I'm having fun with it. <laughs> I'm not stressed. <laughs> I'm just doing rebuttals." All right, cool. You want to read the answer? Yeah, let's hear it. Like a lot of the questions we address in this column, the problem is a disconnect between expectations. Your guest read the hours of the last seating while you write it, at least on a slow night, as closing time. Closing time. This vagueness usually works in the restaurant's favor. For example, on a busy night, you can happily extend your hours on a slow. And on a slow night, pack it in early without officially changing the times. This confusion tends to cause frustration on the parts of the guest. Um, that's hyperlinked, so I don't know what that's about. That just... The word frustration. Sends you to a broken link. Okay. Of course, you're under no obligation to serve this guest. You can refuse service, but that doesn't solve the problem of a dissatisfied guest who may not return or worse, may share his frustration with friends in person or via social media. And for every argumentative guest, there are likely more that slink away in quiet disappointment. Consider changing your hours to a last seating time, being clear that your posted closing time is in fact your last seating time or posting the time of the latest possible reservation to prevent confusion. For example, dinner is served from 5pm until 11pm with the last seating at 9.30pm. While it may be tempting to chalk this one up to an unreasonable guest, reinforcing the idea that no restaurant can please everyone, clear communication could have prevented this one. Boo liquor, shut the fuck up. Yeah, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. No, I think giving a clear last seating time seems like good advice to me. It seems fine, but also it's like, does Yelp let you put that in? Like... You know, it, it it's like, I can see why in a lot of situations that that's not going to be clearly printed. We didn't get a good description of what kind of restaurant this is. Yeah, that's true. It's probably just a Chili's or something, right? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else about that? No. It is super bootlicky. I don't agree with it. Shut up. Wait, whose boot are they licking? The boot of big restaurants. Let the workers say that it's the closing time is whenever they don't want to serve people anymore. Well, this if that's the case, to be, then it's uh, going to be like right when they open. 
I don't, I don't agree with the idea of the customer is like, oh, the customer's upset, so you better go out of your way to make them happy. Like, no, if a customer isn't happy with, oh yeah, we actually stopped seating for tonight. What if this guy is the number one Yelper in the world? (laughs) My name is Anton Ego. (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. My name is Anton Ego. (laughs) If it's a Yelper coming to review the restaurant, you're going to get a low score for something anyway. They're going to be like, the food was delicious. But honestly, the waiter didn't put enough ice cubes in my drink, so three stars. I do like that when sometimes, because I do, is it, is it one of those things where like, because Amazon, you know that like half the reviews are fake, and I think restaurants is probably the same thing, but I do put a lot of credence into reading reviews if I'm going to try out a new place, and the number of times where it's like, food was excellent, the waitress was a little bit snarky, three stars. The number of those that you see is like, okay, people really take how they're treated <laughs> by waitstaff so seriously. And I mean, you've seen the meme. It's like of great the atmosphere, <laughs> cute place, fast service. The food was the best food I've ever had. Uh, the guy pronounced my name wrong. <laughs> he said our order. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> you, you've seen those jokes too, right? Where people are like, you look that up for an Asian restaurant. You look up for reviews where the people are like the food was good, but the service was bad. And that's the mm-hmm. best Asian restaurant in town. Mm hmm. I kind of agree with that, yeah. Like, it really is true that when white people are complaining about service, it kind of just makes me want to go to a place more. Yeah, they're like, this guy who makes the soup is such an authoritarian about it. (laughs) He's almost like a Mussolini type. (laughs) Um, alright, cool, do you want to get to yours? Uh, yeah, let's do it. For my column, I decided to do The Last Call for Emily Yaffa as Dear Prudy. She stopped being Dear Prudy in late 2015, and outside of reprints of her older articles that were considered classics to commemorate her tenure of Dear Prudy, after how many years would it have been? She was there from 20, 2006 to 2015, so, so she nine was years. Dear Prudy for nine years. Is that enough to retire on? She get like a four hundred one k match, or like, what do you do once you're done? Being I think prudy? she retired the dear prudy moniker, not like economic retirement. Well, what did she go back into the workforce? <laughs> <laughs> no, Adrian. There's a beautiful ranch up north that they said all the dear prudies mm, to. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. This, as far as I can tell, is her last dear prudy column as just a normal columnist. Gotcha. You're doing the first one, or which one are you doing? Third. Third. Oh, okay. Do, 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 do. Dear Prudence, I'm a 40-something divorcee and mother. For the last nearly four years, I've been seeing a wonderful young masseuse about twice a month. When I first started going to her, there was a lot of strategically placed towels. Over the years, my comfort levels with her has changed, and we have become friends. Nowadays, we don't bother with the towels, and I don't worry that I get somewhat aroused. Over the last four sessions, over the last four sessions, her massages have finished in the female version of a happy ending. While I know this is frowned upon and may be illegal depending on how you look at it, I don't see any problem with what happens. We are both adults and I pay her for her massage, not for the extra. Recently, I told one of my close girlfriends about it. She was shocked and told me I must report her. Am I crazy that I enjoy this me time? Is it really that bad? Massage delight. I mean, hello, how you doing? I can give you good massage. 
you know, there's a lot of immoral sex work out there. I think you found a very, uh, I think you found, like, the loophole for, like, a really no guilt. Uh, as long as you don't have a partner, I guess that would complicate things, but it doesn't sound like... Yeah. Uh, no, she's a divorcee. Divorcee. Yeah. Get it, girl? What are you worried about? Get Why it, are you girl. writing it? You writing into an advice columnist to complain or brag? Because it sounds like you're Come bragging. On, no. <laughs> Shout out to uh Deborah Messing speaking at the uh rally today. <laughs> um <laughs> episode of Will and Grace where uh her new neighbor is a masseuse and so she asks her to give her a massage. I believe she's played by uh I want to say like Sarah Michelle Geller or something like that. And she uh, ends up, I think, touching a little bit of her puss. It's one of those things where it's an NBC sitcom, so like uh, they don't make it explicit. Uh, and her whole thing is just like, hey, I go to where the tension is. That's where the tension was. <laughs> and that's like the joke of the episode or whatever. So many sitcoms have tackled this issue, which is very funny because Seinfeld had the one about George being worried to get a massage from a man in case he gets aroused. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had the thing where Phoebe him, was a masseuse. And there's multiple episodes with Phoebe about it, like the one where Monica sounds too much like she's orgasming when Phoebe gets yeah, her massage. Yeah. There's also the one where Rachel's boyfriend goes to get a massage and he gets hard and exposes himself to Phoebe. Mm. And then there's also the one where Phoebe has a crush on one of her clients, so she gets pedicures because that's the part he can see through the massage table. <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but then, I'm yeah, thinking about getting Fresh a massage when really comes into town. Oh, go ahead. I, I don't need to keep rounding up all my memories. Oh, no, no, keep, keep going. I was just going to say, one of the things I was thinking about doing, because Dorley had a very short list of things she wants to do while she's in town, is I was like, we should go get like cheap massages somewhere. I kind of feel like I need <laughs> That would one. be nice. But... yeah. Since we're talking about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, something to, uh, for you guys to uh, watch out for, especially if it's Thanksgiving, because this was a Thanksgiving episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Ooh. is you guys don't want to accidentally go to a sketch massage, and when they try to give you a happy ending, the police raid it, and you and your uncle, or mm. in your case, you and Dorlee, are put in jail and miss Thanksgiving dinner. That's a good episode. That is a good episode. But then they get out because Uncle Phil loves Thanksgiving so much that he gets pissed while thinking about food and yells his way out of the jail. Uh, and, and Jackie Chan and uh, is it Rush Hour 2 with uh, Chris Tucker where they start off at the massage parlor? Oh, yeah, because they start off in Hong Kong because they're on the plane mm-hmm. from the end of the first Rush Hour mm-hmm. on their way to Hong Kong. And <laughs> Chris Tucker, when he walks into the massage place, is like, I'll take her and her and her. <laughs> He's like, finally, Jackie, you showed me something good in Hong Kong. <laughs> Man, that movie rocks. I know. It's so good. I showed them to Izzy, and she was like, wait, I knew my dad loved these movies. I didn't realize how good they were. I was like, you see? <laughs> That's yeah, a yeah, smart yeah. Pierce, Pierce loves bringing up the fact that Jackie says the N-word in the first one, and I'm like, hey, I'll take it. I know it's not my place to say whether or not I'll trade things for that, but I I'll think take the black community is okay with Jackie saying the Edward. He does, he's, <laughs> he's a Chinese man. He doesn't understand. It's about the cultural differences. I think that is a thing that Jackie has literally said in interviews is like, yeah, I said the lines as they wrote them, but I didn't really know what I was saying. <laughs> I think he literally says that about the first movie. Um. Okay. Anyways, so talking about this. Um. I think it's a weird thing to tell your friend about. Uh, that's where you went wrong. I think this is the kind of thing that you just kind of keep to yourself. 
Yeah. Keep a good thing going. Unless she was trying to spread the wealth and be like, hey, if you want to you go oh. get a massage. No, nah, it seems like they have to build this relationship. I don't think if this masseuse is given to everybody. Oh, well, then it's unsanitary. Her fingers are getting everywhere. Exactly. I want to be the only one getting finger popped by the masseuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this reminds me of uh, the one first and only time. Well, actually, second time I've gotten a massage. But first time I got a full body Wait, massage. Wait, this reminds you of that, Adrian? What are you about to admit to? Um, the thing about how they got started with, like, I used to be really, like, nervous about how much of my body I was showing and I was covering myself in towels, is I got the John Mulaney joke, uh, undressed to your comfort level thing from my masseuse. And I kept my shorts on because last minute I was thinking, I was like, is it weird to just have my boxer briefs on? I? And so I kept my shorts on. I was like, ah, man, I feel like that told her not to go anywhere up like my leg. And I really could use that. Yeah, that's such a stupid decision. Obviously, undressed to what's comfortable means if you're a freak, go naked. If you're not, mm. leave your boxers on. Nobody leaves their shorts on. What the fuck were you yeah, doing? I left my shorts on. <laughs> so I put on a sweater and I felt comfortable. <laughs> and I felt safe. Adrian's like, there's a lot of hitters coming after me, so I put on my bulletproof vest. <laughs> you don't know what could happen in these streets. I'll tell you what. That was the only thing notable that happened during that massage. Otherwise, it was just okay. Oh, besides, like, in the last bit of it, I told her she could go a little bit harder, and it felt like she took that as, like, a slight, and then really started <laughs> going into me, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, you've gotten massages before, right? Yeah, I have once. I really liked it. Just once? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like... If I'm willing to go out and spend $30 on a meal, I should be willing to like once a month go out and get a massage or something like that, like for 50 bucks or something. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good use of my money in terms Honestly, of like value it that is I get great. And it does yeah. legitimately have such real health benefits. The other thing that I did, which was not a full body massage where you had your own private room was Justin and I in Charleston went to a place that he likes that does like the chair massages. So didn't love that you're just in a room with everybody else, but it was still relaxing enough. And they really uh, those guys really go at you. I think it was like a Chinese masseuse place. But yeah, it was, it was good. Wait, I want to go yeah. there. Why don't you take me there? Yeah, because we were never in Charleston together. Because you hate me or because you hate Charleston. I love Charleston. What does that leave? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so I feel like we're not answering this question. Um, I don't know. Seems like you got a good thing going. Why are you out here asking questions? First of all, why are you friends with the police? Mm. Their first reaction is you have to report her. Okay, ACAB includes your friend. <laughs> yeah, report your friend. Yeah. What? Could you imagine how evil you'd be if you built up a friendship with somebody and instead of being like, oh, no, please, I would rather not you... You do that. You reported them to the police. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe I am coloring this by the fact that it's, like, two women. I guess it could mm -hmm. seem sexual assaulty if it was. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think you're verging into that territory. Yeah, I wonder how that bridge was crossed. Um, I see it in a be, beautiful way tactful. as if it was a love story. You don't think it was a thing where she was like, hey, look over there real quick? <laughs> she just... <laughs> It seems like the question writer likes it and was probably giving consensual cues to continue in that direction. And I assume that the masseuse was reading those signs of consent and continuing down that direction. And this wouldn't, mm. hopefully would not happen to somebody who would consider it violating. Mm. Paul, have you ever given someone a massage? Just like girlfriends and stuff like neck massages, yeah. 
You, do you go for it? You trying to go for one of those little happy endings? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Adrian. <laughs> We're not that type of podcast. Okay, all right. My bad, Let's my talk bad. about these hypothetical people getting pussy popped. Not, <laughs> not people in our lives. <laughs> getting pussy popped. Um, Getting a sweet slice of that pussy pie. Now, I'll tell you what. I hope she tips big. You'd have to imagine. She says she doesn't charge for it, which is part of what makes her feel okay about it, which I guess makes sense. But she's charging for the massage. How can you differentiate? Is she like, okay, now I'm no longer charging? Well, because I assume it's the same price as before she was getting pussy popped. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's charging for the hour. Mm. And that's happening. So she's getting less massage and she's getting more pussy popping. Yeah. The ratio's getting off. Honestly, you should be paying less to prove that you're not being charged for that. Ooh, that makes sense. We are both adults and I pay her for the massage, not the extra. I like that they're both adults. That's good. That's a good thing to make sure to say that you're not going to a child's masseuse. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah. The last thing I wanted to say is I thought I, I think it's weird for someone to say this weird this not weird that this sexual act between you and another person on their job is your me time (laughs) it feels like it invalidates their part of the thing (laughs) does something about this read like not medieval but like 18th century to you like when women would go to doctors and Mm -hmm. be like ah and he'd be like ah she's having a case of hysteria yeah and there's something about the fact that like it's happening during a massage where it's like it does remove the sexuality from it and put it in the context of, like, you're just generally getting, I don't know, mm. your body worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Did she say if she orgasms yeah. or not? Let me read this again. No, she doesn't say anything about that. Um, But if she doesn't, I mean, at what point do you stop? Um, All right, cool. Do you want to read the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what Dear Prudy says. What if they disagree with us? What if they're like, this is disgusting and immoral, and anybody who thinks otherwise, and we're just going to have to feel bad? I'd be so sad. I have a hard time imagining how you report this to the police or to the license board. After weeks of intense orgasms, I realized this has to come to an end. Help me cancel my next appointment. The police would probably try to keep a straight face, but the licensing board likely would start an investigation that could end with your massage therapist losing her license. Massage therapist is preferred term over masseuse or masseur because it avoids the sexual illusions that come with the latter too. So maybe you're right to call her a masseuse. Your massage therapist may have become a friend who gives you benefits, but your other friend is right that what she's doing violates the core tenets of her profession. Surely they have a Hippocratic oath. (laughs) Also, this wouldn't break the Hippocratic oath. I don't think she's doing harm. She ain't doing Quite no harm. Quite the opposite, dear Adrian. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that is weird to be the core tenets. I don't... Okay, sure. Surely over time, the massage therapist not only relaxed you, but relaxed the standards of draping and propriety. She probed, you moaned, and now your sessions climax quite literally. It's grossly unprofessional, but you're not crazy to enjoy this, and you two are consenting adults. What is crazy is that you blabbed, although I suppose it's equally possible your friend might have responded, is she free on Wednesdays? Keep this to yourself and tip generously at Christmas. Prudy. Actually, Prudy knocked that out of the goddamn park. Uh, Prudy was trying to do a little bit too much wordplay in that, but other than that, (laughs) I think it was good. She did play the field, too, between, like, 
I think it's bad that she no longer honors the core tenets yeah. of her profession. But also, come on, get it, girl. Get it, girlfriend. Not only relaxed you, but relaxed the standards of draping and propriety. It's like, all right, we get it. You get, you're good with words, Prudy. <laughs> okay, but she had to flex. It was her last article. Come on, Adrian. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Shout out um, to Emily Offa. This was uh, your last call as Prudy. Yeah. Again, insane that you told your friend, but I get that. That's what I was saying. As part of it might have been like, hey, if you I'm sending customers your way, I think that means a free pussy popping. I think when you find something beautiful and authentic like that, you hold it to your chest tight and you don't let it go. At what point do you just start seeing this person? I don't know. That's such a funny. That's not a meat cute. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell this as a funny story. Her children end up growing to hate masseuses or massage therapists because this is what they lost their mom to. <laughs> I don't know. Dating this person seems messy. Like you'd be giving up your masseuse if it didn't work out. Although if you do start dating somebody else, it does seem like it'd be very hard to ask them to stop. Like, can you just go back to the non-sexual mm-hmm. massages? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, this would be cheating. That would be kind of a hard talk to have. Well, start going in with your shorts on. <laughs> That's how I told my masseuse I didn't want her pussy popping me. We really didn't concentrate enough on how funny it is you left your shorts on during a massage. Shut up, man. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of time to think about it. Was it because you realized you were wearing embarrassing, like you were like, shit, I got my Snoopy boxers on today. I realized that a big old skid mark right at the bottom. All right, third segment. Third segment, let's do it. Do you have an article or was I supposed to pull up an article? Uh, We were going to review people's last calls for meals or death row inmates famous crazy last meals. Yeah, closing time. Um, I did watch that documentary that you recommended. It was very sad. Yeah, but good, right? Yeah, it was good. Very well edited. Very well shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name of it? There's a uh, documentary. I think you can find it on Vice's YouTube channel. Yeah. Where they talk about... It's kind of like an anti-carceral message, but they pitch it as just like, look at these interesting last meals people have ordered. It's just called Last Meal. Yeah, it's good. And like Adrian said, like they kind of visualize all the people's last meals. They talk a little bit about what crime they committed. Yeah, it's just well done. It's interesting. It's like a 20-minute yeah. watch. One thing that I did learn was that there's a disconnect between what you ask for, what gets published, and what you actually get. What gets published is what gets asked for, but what you actually get doesn't always match that. So you hear a lot of stories of like, I want 42 tacos, 55 fries, 55 burgers, 55... 55- 55 coffees. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that they got all that stuff. My joke growing up was always that I would ask for bottomless popcorn poppers or something so then they could never Mm. execute me. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Phil and I did write a sketch about a guy asking for his last meal. Um, And he kept asking for things that, like, were either seasonal or, like, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. And they're like, it's Sunday. (laughs) Whatever. It's like, you get one more day. Uh, That was, like, the punchline of that joke, yeah. They're like, I want a shamrock shake. And they're like, it's November. <laughs> and if you want to know me and Paul's last meals, you don't get to know. Because Paul said, too boring. People don't want to know about that. Should we do that as our third segment? 
I haven't thought about it. So, uh, oh, I will say, though, I remember that was an icebreaker question. I think I probably talked about this on pod during uh, the virtual retreat that we did. And it's a person who I respect and who I enjoy. But like, we just don't really see eye, eye to eye on things like we're never going to be best friends. And one of the reasons I knew that was true was that she talked about her last meal if she could uh, if she could curate hers. And it was like raspberries, dark chocolate and like a chickpea, like falafel thing or something like that. And I was like, OK, nothing fried, nothing like re- nothing like deep fried and crunchy or whatever. No, no dumplings, nothing crazy like that. You're eating raspberries and dark chocolate. That's what you're doing. What a funny thing to judge someone on that you could never be best friends with someone for ordering something. It just it, it 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 was it was a fundamental conflict of 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 values. I don't think I want to be electrocuted on too full a stomach. I see what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. She was like something with like a nice vinaigrette. Also, who are these people that say vinaigrette? Why are they doing that? What's their agenda? <laughs> Wait, as opposed to vinaigrette? Yeah, they say vinaigrette. I don't like that. Yeah, that I don't like, like it either. It's very jarring. To the middle of that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not accusing them of that. Uh, it's that, and then I well, think I it's only thing- Well, I guess the, the base thing- word is vinegar. You know what I'm saying? I think they're just saying vinegar at. But it's just vinaigrette. It's not vinaigrette. <laughs> I think they're saying the base word. I don't know. It really bothers me. It's the same thing as that accent, which I don't actually know where it's from, but the, uh, you know, people who pronounce certain words where it's like, instead of measure, they say like major. Wait, Instead what? of like leisure, they'll say like leisure. Is that like a British thing? I think no, no. I had multiple American professors in university and undergrad who would say like, yeah, that's how you measure that. No, th- that's not true. <laughs> yeah, no. I had multiple professors, like distinguished professors, who like that was their accent. Is they'd say le- leisure instead of leisure. <laughs> why, why were they talking so much about leisure to you? Those are just the two things that stuck out in my mind. Where I remember hearing John Why were you Greco majoring and how Carol much they Boggs. said laser. Well, major is obviously a very scientific word, so they were obviously talking about that. The other one was a class that I took about our local national park. So I assumed at some point he talked about laser. Were they talking about the show Frasier, and you were getting confused? You're like, they're gonna Frasier the laser major? That's uh, uh, I mean, one would hope, but that's not what it was. That couldn't be any crazy. Like, how do you measure the amount of uh, raspberry you put in this vinaigrette? Pronouncing it major couldn't be crazier. Ooh, okay, okay. Do you have an article yet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, this is from uh, Nairland dot com. Uh, we have Carl Simmons Jr. and Carl Jr. Pizza mm-hmm. Hot Supreme, deep dish pizza with double mushroom, double onions, double jalapeno poppers, double pepperoni, second pizza with three cheeses, olives, bell peppers, tomatoes, garlic, and Italian sausage, 10 cups of ranch dressing, 8 ounces of jalapeno nacho cheese, 4 ounces of sliced jalapenos, 20 ounce cherry Cokes, 2 large strawberry milkshakes, 2 pints of strawberry ice cream, and 1 big family size packet of Dorito nachos cheese. Uh, that was a lot. Yeah. A little American. A little, a little like, uh, it shows that you don't really have a cosmopolitan palate. <laughs> Are you really shaming this man, Adrian? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Your last meal is chicken nuggies and fries. Oh, I also wanted to, at the top of this uh, segment, shout out Last Meals on Mythical Kitchen, where uh, the premise of the interview show is that he cooks you his, he cooks you his last, your last meal that you asked for, and then you eat it while he interviews you. And people do go buck wild on that show. Searching this, there is a uh, Ask Reddit thread that popped up. Uh, just wanted to share this with you because it made me laugh. 
the question as worded on Ask Reddit is, Death Row Cooks? What is the weirdest last meal request you've ever gotten? Death Row Ooh. Cooks? Do they think that's a single guy's job? Like, he doesn't Is that cook Stove God's it. cousin? <laughs> uh, oh, but he's signed to Death Row Records. Yeah, Death Row Cooks. <laughs> like, Rolls I don't Royce cook Bank anything rides. the rest of the year unless we're sentencing somebody to death. <laughs> Getting called in. Yeah, it's one of those things where he's like, every time I get a call to come into work, it's a bad day. <laughs> means someone's dying. Um, do you get any answers? I actually only got three upvotes. Somebody just linked oh, the Wikipedia page where every last meal ever has been listed. Oh, shit. I do know that there's one that's kind of famous where it's a woman serial killer, maybe just killed her husband or something like that. Uh, where she, all she asked for was a cup of black coffee and a cigarette, which is like the hardest last meal. Ooh, one of the things I am learning from this Wikipedia article is do you want to know what the earliest known uh, last meal request that was recorded is? Yeah, Last Supper. No. <laughs> <laughs> you son of the bitch. <laughs> also, it's so funny how much this like list is dominated by America because no other country kills so many people in the modern world. Is that what it is, or are we the only one with a conception of a last meal to offer? Maybe. The oldest one is from Germany in 1772. Method of mm. execution, decapitation by sword. Ooh. The name, Susanna Margaretha Brandt. Brandt huh. wanted... Julian Brandt's great-great-grandmother. Oh, she rejected her last meal and requested a glass of water. She was offered three pounds of bratwurst, ten pounds of beef, six pounds of baked carp, twelve pounds of lamb roast soup, cabbage bread, an unspecified dessert, and eight liters of wine. She rejected the meal. Oh, take the wine, at least. I want to be buzzed for mine. That's all I'm saying. Uh, number two on this list of crazy last meals is Robert Dale Conklin with sautéed shrimps, garlic butter with lemon on the side, baked potato filled with sour cream, bacon-wrapped filet mignon steak, oh, the baked potato filled with sour cream, chives, bacon bits, and hollandaise sauce, bread, Ooh. French baguette buttered and filled with goat cheese, apple pie, cantaloupe, and vanilla bean ice cream. It's giving very Eurocentric 1950s vibes. Yeah, this seems like a not fine a, last not a meal. Single I don't curry know why on this there? one's considered crazy. It's a little meat and potatoes, not to be too literal, but... Oh, I think this sounds delicious. For a last meal? Yeah. You don't want a soup dumpling in your last meal? You don't want a Nashville hot chicken sandwich? You don't want a, some uh, some delicious hummus? You don't want a nice curry? You don't want a nice Indian like butter chicken? All those chicken? things sound good, too. I, I guess maybe I haven't put that much like stock... Like I guess maybe a last meal is kind of like every other meal. Like Any good food will do fine. Yeah, I guess so. Next up, we have John Wayne Gacy Jr. Oh, this is the famous one. that That's the one that I knew, right? That was like strawberries and fried chicken or whatever. 12 deep fried shrimp, a whole bucket of KFC fries, a pound of strawberries, and a bottle of Diet Coke. I like that this article also includes like a little joke. It seemed he was watching his weight. Come on now. What are they, Donald Trump? I've never seen a skinny person order Diet Coke. <laughs> um... I, I I mean, this is hard for me to say because I have an obvious bias, but like, even if you're not a drinker, why would you not get a drink for like your last meal? Like, at least put a little bit of rum in that D DC. I wonder if like American prisons are so like weirdly conservative that they wouldn't let you have a drink. There are definitely multiple ones where they give them like a bottle of like fancy wine or something like that. It was in the documentary. I watched that documentary a while ago. It's not like top of including mind. Including 
the guy who ruined it for everybody by ordering way too much shit and then refusing to eat any of it as a joke. Which, why would people be upset about that? You all get to eat it now as the guards. I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next one is Steve Michael Woods Jr. He also just ordered like a bunch of like pounds of bacon, pizzas, Mm. fried chicken. I don't know. Let's see if we can find one that's crazy in a more interesting way. You think someone's asking for tabbouleh? James Edward Smith. He asked for some dirt instead of a decent meal. This was because, according to him, Mm. it would be used for a voodoo ritual that would allow his spirit to transcend peacefully after death so as to not become a ghost. This request was not approved, and instead he was given a cup of yogurt, which he declined. Actually, he was a practicing voodoo priest before his arrest. Ooh. Oh, there were also multiple ones where, for whatever statement it's supposed to make, they just, like, asked for whatever everyone else was getting in the prison that night. You know how there's some people who are like, oh, I just don't care about food that much. Maybe they were. You don't think it's like a really like it's like a decision fatigue thing. It's like you're giving me too many options. (laughs) Just whatever everyone else is eating. I'll have I'll have what they're having. (laughs) And like whenever you order that chicken sandwich and they're like, do you want a side of fries or a side of salad with that? And you're like, those are the two most different choices in the world. (laughs) Okay, John Mulaney. I kind of agree with this person. Like, if you believe in voodoo, they should have let him have his sand. If he believed he needed it to go to the next life, kind of seems shitty of them not to give it to him. Well, that's, you don't want to mess with it. Oh, you think they were worried he was going to hex them? Yeah. Because (laughs) he's a hex boy, and he's gonna put a spell on you. Would you order something that you're allergic to just to get get it over with before they can do it to you? Could you imagine if they had to use the prison doctor to save your life so that they could kill you? (laughs) The correct way. (laughs) I feel like that's the type of bureaucracy that would actually happen. They'd be like, well, no, if he dies from the allergy, then that's Mm -hmm. negligence and we get in trouble. Oh, yeah, we have to fill out another form if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) So they have to save your life just to kill you moments later? Mm -hmm. I think that might have been another joke from that sketch that Phil and I did was like, what do you want? It's like, my grandma's recipe for whatever. And it's like, okay, where is it? She's like, she's dead. <laughs> she didn't tell nobody. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't make it. <laughs> Next up, we do have just a meal that sounds like a bad combo of things. Steven Anderson with two grilled cheese sandwiches, a pint of cottage cheese, corn, peach pie, chocolate chip ice cream, and radishes. Well, that's a serial killer if I've ever met one. <laughs> yeah, he assassinated seven people during a burglary. That makes sense. Um, you know, it feels like one of those things where it's the constraints of society, but I don't think I would do a dessert. Uh, maybe Ben and Jerry's uh, Cherry Garcia, but other than that, not a I big- I think uh, I might order one. Do you have a carrot cake? Just to have like a bite of it, but you're right. I'm not going to fill up on the dessert. Yeah. You, you, you'd do a carrot cake, right? I really hope that if I'm executed, it's by firing squad and not the type of thing where they give me a last meal. Mmm. My last meal is going to be a black coffee and a cigarette. And because I don't smoke cigarettes, I'm going to be coughing the whole time, trying to look cool like, (laughs) it hurts. (laughs) For my last meal, I want a leather jacket, some fingerless gloves, and a cigarette. (laughs) Actually, maybe for National Diabetes Day or whatever, I should, uh, I would get one of those Dunkin' Donuts uh, large frappuccinos that has like 6,000 grams of sugar in it that's going to kill me anyways. Odell Barnes Jr., and he said he want. Uh, this one's also sad. Justice, equality, and world peace. He wanted to eat that so no one else could have it. <laughs> Victor Harry 
figure, figure. He wanted mm-hmm. a single olive with its st- pit still attached to it. Because he wanted to plant an olive tree when he died, right? He told the guards that he hoped an olive tree would sprout from his grave yeah. as a sign of peace. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I really don't like olives, so I wouldn't do that, but it's cool. Uh, did I ever tell you about, so there were multiple times where we would try food, even wine tastings and stuff at Trader Joe's when I worked there. Uh, and there was one time where they wanted us to leave reviews of some new products that were there. And there was uh, wasabi peanuts or something like that. It was like some kind of nut with wasabi all over it. And I hate wasabi. Uh, so the review that I left in the break room written down was, if I were to have a last meal, I would want it to be these because it would remind me that life's not worth real living most of the time. <laughs> That was my scathing review of Trader Joe's wasabi peas. Uh, there was Ronnie Lee Gardner who requested vanilla ice cream, lobster tail, steak, apple pie, and a 7-Up. But the twist was Classic he Americana. also wanted the whole trilogy of the Lord of the Rings, which he was granted to watch. Yeah, nice. That does seem like a time-stalling maneuver. The next one was the one you already mentioned, Lawrence Russell Brewer, who ordered the massive feast and then did not eat any of it i mean a lot of people in the comments section will always say it's hard to imagine being hungry when you know you're about to die but like honestly never stop me okay and for the last one we have robert alton harris in 1992 which i didn't realize a lot of these i've been skipping the mode of execution he was gas chambered we used to do that in 1992 do we still do that I'm sure in certain states, we probably did that up until like 2012. But what's the one state that still does firing squads? That's the state I'm going to commit my Texas, most heinous yeah. crime in. No, firing squads like some random tiny state. Mm, Delaware? The lethal injection shit is apparently incredibly heinous. Like that stuff is way too painful yeah. because they refuse to like use anything that wouldn't be painful because it might be pleasurable. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, disgusting. Yeah, it's messed up. But yeah, Robert Alton Harris, who was gas chambered in 1992, ordered oh, yeah, 21 pieces of KFC chicken, two large Domino pizzas with no anchovies. Was he worried that if he didn't specify, they were going to just smother it you in You know anchovies? that's default. Yeah. A tub of ice cream, a bag of jelly beans, and a six pack of Pepsi. Some of these units of measurement are very non-standard. <laughs> a bag of jelly beans. What does that mean? <laughs> a a bag. tub of ice cream. Um, I was just interested in the fact that he's another person named Alton. I feel like Alton Brown really owned that name for as long as I can think of. I've, I've never met another Alton. Because they all go by Al for short. You just don't know how many Altons, you know. Is the alchemist named Alton? Um, all right, big facts, no cap, or what do you want to do? Yeah. Do you want to do any roundup of those uh, reactions? Too much American food. Yeah, branch out on your tastes. I think it's really biased by the fact that America is killing the most people, so obviously... <laughs> The most last meals are going to be American meals. Yeah, but American people can still have more nuanced, uh, adventurous palates. All right, big fact. Mm-hmm. If y'all are going to execute me, get a firing squad. Please nobody can check me with shit or gas chamber me or mm. electric chair me. Just shoot me, please. Do you want to do it where they don't know which one of them has the bullet so they can feel okay about it? Or do you want all of them to have bullets? I think I like the idea of everybody having bullets because I think that's more sure fire to be an instant kill. Yeah. No one goes home feeling okay. Yeah. Well, one person doesn't have a bullet, so they can all tell themselves they're that person. Ooh, I was that person. Okay. Yeah, so they still get the no culpability, but... Paul is for sure dead. I'm for sure dead. Because Paul, 
notoriously bulletproof. It takes it would take ten of those things to get him. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this war that you know I've been caught up as a revolutionary within as I would mm-hmm. be. Hopefully the enemy is not running low on bullets around the time they capture and execute me. Um, and my no cap is. Happy Diabetes Day, and you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to do death by chocolate. 